Ready, set, go! Hey guys, you are listening to the EV Diaries. I am Ben. And I have been thinking on my way in to work this morning, which is about a 35-mile drive, why are EVs important to small-town America? And the more I thought about this, the more I saw the need that I needed to record this while it was fresh. So I poured myself a cup of coffee. I found an empty conference room. And I'm here right now to discuss why I think that EVs are crucial for small-town America. Like I said, I work for a distribution cooperative. And basically, that is a utility that serves a rural area. Back in the 30s and 40s, the cities were electrified. In fact, around here, uh, my small town that's the county seat where I grew up had electricity. However, the surrounding farmland did not. The government made it possible for farmers to get together, form cooperatives, and take out low-interest loans in order to provide electricity to the countryside. And that's how co-ops were born. Now, what's uh, astounding about this is this system's only been in place a little bit less than 100 years. Okay, so that means there's areas of the country that have not had electricity more than 100 years. Almost half the population of America is served by co-ops, and they cover 85% of the landmass of North America. So that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a big chunk when you look at it and just imagine that your grandmother's or great-grandmother probably if they lived in the country did not have electricity it's hard to imagine but being in a cooperative um, you know you live in an area and we've discussed this before where you know the wages are lower but the cost of living is lower and part of the reason that the cost of living is lower is because we have some of the lowest electric rates in America. And this is really important. And understand that, you know, in these areas that are rural America, you have some very impoverished areas. In fact, we've got the poorest county in America is on our system. And the county right next to it is typically a top 10 poorest county in America. And there's seven counties that make up our primary service area. So think about that. Two out of five are impoverished. It's important for us to keep our rates low. Well, there's been a push in recent years, uh, well, recent decades, I should say, uh, for people to use less of our product. We sell kilowatt hours. Uh, appliances are more efficient. Uh, everything you buy now is Energy Star rated, and they just approve year to year. Uh, heat pumps, we've changed from incandescent light bulbs to compact fluorescent to LEDs, which are 
super efficient in comparison. We have programs such as net metering, which will allow you to install solar cells or another renewable. Uh, solar is about the only one that makes sense in Kentucky. And we will buy that electricity from you at X number of dollars per kilowatt hour. Um, we used to, in Kentucky, pay the retail rate, but just recently the PSC ruled that that was unfair to the other consumers that didn't have solar, so they've reduced it, but it's still we have to pay higher than wholesale rate. So it's, uh, it's better. Not exactly fair, but that's, a, that's another discussion. Um, but anyway, why is, why is all this important? Well, getting back to how the cooperative operates, uh, for every dollar we bring in, and I may not have mentioned before, we're a nonprofit, so every dollar we bring in goes back into the company and gets used for overheads and repay those, those loans that the farmers take out. And we renew those loans every so often, and it's, it's a process. But basically, that's how the countryside is electrified. Anyway, operating cost, 85%, 85 cents out of every dollar goes to pay our electric bill. Our generation and transmission provider is East Kentucky Power, and they get 85 cents of every dollar that we collect. Now, the other 15 cents we use for maintenance, paying salaries, keeping our service fleet on the road, uh, maintaining our buildings. So we use uh, that 15% as efficiently as possible. It's the only way that we can keep our rates low, which I said is very important, especially given the area that we live in. And if we don't have enough in that 15% to pay those overheads, then what's the options? Well, the first option is you... Uh, start getting rid of people and cutting benefits and cutting overhead where you can. And we've done a pretty good job of that. Uh, around here, when somebody retires, we typically don't replace them unless we absolutely have to. Uh, on the other side, if we don't have that, the one of the options is that we can raise rates, which, like I said, we want to keep our rates low because... We live in an area, lower wages, lower cost of living. We're part of that lower cost of living. Okay, so coming back to what makes EVs so important for small town America. And there's a phrase going around co-op world called beneficial electrification, which is just a big fancy word of we need to sell more kilowatt hours. And EVs allow us to sell more kilowatt hours, bottom line. And when we do that, that means that this uh, operating cost that we have, we've got more money coming in to meet because, let me tell you, it costs just as much for us to maintain a mile of line as it does an investor-owned utility who's out to make a profit. The thing is, they've got 40 customers per mile and sometimes more to help pay for that maintenance cost. We've got nine and we're only getting 15% of what we're bringing in. So, that being said, 
anytime that we can sell, sell more kilowatt hours, it benefits the co-op. In turn, that benefits our members because that allows us to keep the rates low. But the thing about EVs, not only does it do that for the co-op, they cost a third less to operate. So, not only are you helping keep your rates low when you own an EV, you're saving two-thirds of what you would over a gasoline car. Now, I understand that they're more expensive up front, of course, with the tax incentives and this, that, and the other. You can get them down close. And like we've discussed in the last episode, the 2020 Mini, you know, with the tax incentives, it gets below the cost of a gasoline version. So it's a no-brainer because now we're getting to that point where the cars are going to cost the same. This one costs a third less to operate. It's a no-brainer. So there you go. We've the co-op benefits, the member benefits, and let's talk about greenhouse gases. Even, you know, this focus of this is not greenhouse gases, but greenhouse gas emissions over the lifespan of an electric vehicle are a third. There again, a third seems to be the key thing for EVs versus internal combustion engines. But the greenhouse gas emissions from the time they start making the car to the time the car is off the road is a third of what it is for a gasoline car. So think about that. Um, and there's a myth out there that they're just as dirty. They're just as, it's not true. There's more greenhouse gas emissions in the manufacturing, um, 50-60% more. And once they're on the road, there's practically zero. Of course, you get the argument, well, you know, burning coal is dirty, this, that, and the other. And while I do live in a coal-heavy state, it's still about a third cleaner to run a coal-powered electric car than a gasoline-powered or especially a diesel-powered vehicle. Now, I was sort of forced to see all this. And I don't want to, I mean, forced is a strong word, but uh, I was assigned the monitoring of, you know, the economics and the usage of the Tesla charging station when it went in in 2015. I was also assigned to keep up with the economics and the usage on the 2017 Chevy Volt. And of course, I'm looking at the usage of the charging stations, the level twos that we have installed on our system. So I was, through my job, forced to see these numbers. However, that gave me the opportunity to see the potential that this has for small town America. And that's why I'm here spreading this message that EVs are important to small-town America. And they have a place here. In fact, they have a bigger place here, maybe a bigger impact here, than they do in larger cities. Because face it, everything in rural America is spread out. I can't go to the grocery store without driving 10, 15 miles round trip. I can't go to work without driving 35 miles one way. And there's people in our area that drive much further than that, sometimes 100 plus miles a day 
one way just to go to work. So EVs are super important, or at least they have the potential to impact globally all these things that we've discussed. So it's important. It keeps our rates low. It saves our members money. And it saves the world greenhouse gases. So it's win, win, win all the way around. I saw an article the other day that was entitled, America Will Never Give Up Gasoline. And I'm saving that for a later podcast episode. And it may be so, because we are so with so widely spread out. You know, Europe, they have trains, they have buses, they have transportation systems in place. Their population density is greater than rural America. And their infrastructure is such that if they decide that they're going away completely from fossil fuels, they have the potential to do so. Uh, in America, being as widespread as we are, it would be would be difficult. Um, I would imagine the uh, Australian outback, it would be almost impossible to operate an electric vehicle there unless there was some sort of solar storage and you weren't in a hurry to get anywhere. So, is America ever going to give up gasoline? Maybe not. But... We do have the potential, like I said, to impact all of these areas that I've mentioned. So EVs in small-town America are win, win, win. That's all I've got for today, guys. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you have, leave me a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it now. Um, I would love for more people to to hear my message and to understand that EVs do have a place in small town America that they don't need to be afraid to give an EV a try. The EV revolution is here, so we might as well take advantage of it. Buckle up. It should be a fun ride. Thanks for listening to the EV Diaries. If you would like to leave a question or comment, email me, Ben at evdiaries.com also you can check me out on social media twitter and instagram at evdiaries and finally please leave a rating on whatever podcast app you use